Saturday, September 19th, continued after a quick refresh. Their kiss goodbye felt like a dream as she drove away. Within the cool, quiet capsule of her car, she felt like a space traveler between two worlds. The known one, and brand new, extraordinary world. Her phone had finally booted up. It felt like three in the morning, but it was only 9.45. At the end of the driveway, Percy paused to let that relief wash over her. She had a voicemail and a couple texts from her dad. The text from two hours ago said, You coming home for dinner? And from 30 minutes ago, Let me know you're okay. She also had a text from Kirby that came in right after her dad's second text. It said, Hey, where are you? You okay? Your dad just called looking for you. I said we were watching a movie and that your phone died and that you were unavailable due to your taking of an epic shit. LOL. Please don't be dead. Hey, Dad. Yeah, sorry. My phone. I don't know. I'm sorry I made you worry and I missed dinner. Yeah, Kirby. We're gonna hang out just for a little bit longer. Don't wait up, okay? Alright, sorry again. Bye. Percy texted Kirby, feeling like a spy. I'll be up front in ten. When she arrived, she saw that Kirby was waiting on his porch. She blinked her lights and parked. Percy, I'm glad you're alive. So, uh, what'd you bring me? Huh? I can only assume you've just come from another electronic store haste, yeah? Did you bring me a 3D printer or an electric toothbrush? Or maybe an electric fence? You don't have a dog. Oh, but in this dimension I do. You know, this dimension where I have clandestine meetings with my supposed innocent virginal best friend whose hair is disheveled and blouse is misbuttoned. Oh, would you believe I've started a women's wrestling league? While I don't completely hate that idea, no, I don't believe that. If it were anyone else, I'd surmise you've been out fishing for trouser trout. <laughs> Wait, seriously? Am I in a different dimension? Okay, then. Mind completely blown. All right, what the hell? Where did you meet him? I met him at Shady Pines. If you say he's a resident, I'm going to slip into a coma. Unless he's rich and terminal? He's 18. How was it? Which part? Oh, so you just messed around? Just? No, you're right. This is a huge deal. Did you at least have all the right feels? Shut up. But yeah, I definitely did. I had no idea how much better it could be. Than Solo? I didn't think I was missing anything. So, you need any tips? Have questions? Concerns? I've waited for this day to come. Just because you're my best friend, Kirby, doesn't mean I'm going to follow in your slutty footsteps. <laughs> but since you brought it up... Yeah? Do you have any, uh, spare prophylactics? Does a squirrel have nuts? Come inside. Yeah, but sneak me in. I don't want your parents to see me all disheveled. Tell them it's the new hip style and they'll believe you. They're complete jellyfish, those two. Stop. They're sweet. Sure. They're sweet, gullible jellyfish. Sunday, September 20th. If Kirby's parents were jellyfish, Percy's dad was a shark. 
when she came downstairs early Sunday morning, already showered, and announced she and Kirby were going on a hike, he raised one eyebrow, then the other. Percy Pie, the last time you were up before nine on a Sunday was when I made you come to the Habitat for Humanity work party. And the time before that was when our smoke detectors malfunctioned. And the time before that was when you were born. You really think I buy that you're going on an early morning hike with Kirby? Percy looked at her dad and pondered a tough decision. Lie to the man who would do anything for her or level with him. Choosing both, she exhaled dramatically and said, oh, Okay, Dad. No, I am going on a hike, but it's not with Kirby. It's with someone I met at Shady Pines. Not a resident. He's my age. And he's at Shady Pines for normal reasons. Not a criminal like me. He's kind. Respectful. We're gonna go check out the place where he grew up. It has a treehouse. It's only a mile out of town. Does this guy have a name? Adam. Adam. Denville. Adam Denville. Percy's dad tilted his head to the side. Denville, you said. Hmm. That name rings a bell. Is this Mr. Denville involved with your phone malfunctions last night? Percy answered with a grimace and went about wrapping a stack of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Uh... I see. So, tell me more about this Adam for whom you're waking up early and making a gourmet picnic lunch. Dad, he's, he's a nice person who I like to spend time with. And he's real. You know how most people are not there, like, in the moment with you? They don't even know who they are, let alone have the capacity to pay attention to who you might be. But Adam is so himself that being around him makes me feel more like myself. It's different than confidence, it's... Adamness? Yeah. Well, no matter how much I want you to stay my little girl forever and eat dinner with me every night and do your homework in my study, at least your first love seems worth your while. He opened the cupboard to grab a box of crackers and then the fridge for some cheese. But don't forget it's all a hallucination, Percy. I mean, I'm not saying it's not real. Just that the chemicals being created in your brain make it into something much more than it is. It's a phenomenon left over from when humans were fully primal animals. He handed her the food he'd collected and said, Just make the right decisions, okay? Take the right precautions. Percy looked at her dad with soft eyes. She thought back to the day that he had to tell her about her mom. He had to tell Percy her mom had been sick for months and had kept it a secret. He had to tell her that she'd swallowed all her pain pills and didn't wake up. The doctors were amazed her mom had done so well, and suggested her subterfuge of feeling fine had served as a placebo that extended her life. Since then, Percy wondered how many times had her dad pretended that he felt fine. Dad, please don't worry. I know teens in love are clinically insane, but aren't teens not in love also insane? Percy hugged her dad and said, I just want to spend some time with him today. Is that okay? Just keep your wits about you, Percy. That's all I ask. I'm so lucky you're not a jellyfish. Before he could clarify what jellyfish meant in the teenage vernacular, she'd grabbed her bags and run out the door. On her way to Fort Knox, Percy stopped at a store to buy the supplies Adam had requested. 
The afternoon before, he'd given her a list and some cash. Way too much cash. She added each item to her cart. A radio, pillows for the built-in bench, a thick blanket, a pulley system, and a couple house plants. Cashier number one, please. The driveway seemed longer than ever before. She squeezed the steering wheel and pulled her body forward in anticipation of what waited at its end. When she got to the red shed, she tapped out three quick honks and burned her nervous energy by piling the bags just outside the trail Adam had cleared. Within seconds, she saw the grass shimmer. Adam emerged with a bouquet of flowers. Hello, beautiful. Hi, Adam. Percy's cells were seismic. Thanks, Adam. These are beautiful. Not as beautiful as you, Persephone. How'd it go last night? Everything okay with your pops? Yeah, I told him the truth. Skim did accordingly, but he's good. I just shouldn't push my luck. I can't stay too late. As they carried her shopping bags to the ladder at Fort Knox, she marveled at how each of their encounters felt as perfect as scenes from a movie. Such was the advantage of an 82-year-old boyfriend with decades of experience under his belt. When they stopped below the ladder, Adam confirmed her thoughts. He rubbed her arms, squeezed her neck and shoulders, and said, I hardly slept, Persephone. I've been so excited to see you. When Adam wrapped his arms around her, Percy finally understood that trope about not knowing where your body ends and a lover's begins. She closed her eyes and let herself disappear. haze of contentment, a quote by Buckminster Fuller popped into her head. He'd said, love is metaphysical gravity, and Bucky Shore was right. She was falling, and she didn't want to stop. Should we unpack and then take a walk? There's a lot of land to explore between here and that god-awful apartment complex. I got up early this morning and cut us a path to my second favorite spot. Mm, okay. You want some breakfast first? Oh, yeah, I do. What'd you bring me? Well, I have some stuff from the deli. She unzipped the cooler bag and handed him small packages. There are a few hard-boiled eggs, some grilled chicken from the salad bar, I made PBJs, and here's cheese and crackers from my dad. I thought later I could run out for a pizza. Oh, yeah. Exactly perfect. You are amazing. He plucked a strip of chicken breast and popped it in his mouth. After he swallowed, he said, I am so hungry. I found some berries out there in the woods. I thought maybe if he didn't come back, I'd catch a squirrel. He thought I... He thought I wouldn't come back? I'll never not come back. Oh, no, no, sweet Persephone. It was only a just-in-case thought. Here, she said as she handed him an egg. Stuff that in your big mouth. Oh, Percy... She watched his chest and biceps as he peeled the shell and threw it over his shoulder. When he popped the entire egg into his mouth, she laughed so hard she didn't think she'd ever stop. <laughs> what was that? Percy's hand grabbed his arm. Adam peered over her shoulder and said, Cool. What? Percy hadn't stopped weaving her gaze through the branches. This girl. 
<clears throat> Wait. Squirrels. Sorry, my big mouth was too full. Shit, Adam. That was scary for a second. It's okay, babe. Nothing happens when animals see me. No human besides you has any reason to come here. We're totally safe in this little paradise. It's just you and me, and that's just how I like it. Speaking of our paradise, you want to go explore? I'll finish this bounty of food when we get to our surprise destination. Let's bring the blanket you brought, and we'll have a picnic. Refusing to let her carry anything, he led her down a newly cut path on the other side of the treehouse. As it curved and descended, the ground got softer. The air became thicker, and the grass grew taller. It smelled like toasted wheat and fertile mud. She could see nothing but plants, blue sky, and Adam. Soon, as if reading her mind, he turned around and requested, You know what would improve the view, Percy? How about you take the lead? Around the next bend, the grasses tightened around them and the train swooped downhill. A few hundred feet later, the abrupt change in scenery was how a sneeze might look. <laughs> They'd burst very suddenly from a hushed tunnel of vegetation into an expansive sky. A fresh breeze leapt off the wide greenish pond and cooled Percy's brow. The water was surrounded by tall grass and cattails, except for the clearing on which they stood and another on the opposite side of the water. Adam, this is... it's gorgeous. Yeah, and it's full of fish, so sometime soon I'll make you dinner. Oh, and of course, there's this. He dropped the bag and trotted to the edge of the water, where a thick tree trunk stuck out of the grass. When he reached behind it, a small rowboat bobbed its way toward them and then perkily sat in wait. You want to go across the pond over to that tree? How could I not? The sounds of that pond stayed with her for days. The sloshing of the paddles as Adam pushed them along. The wind weaving through the grasses. The chortling of red-winged blackbirds on the reeds the dragonflies buzzing nearby to investigate their intentions and zip away. And the crunch of their boat digging into the silt on the opposite shore. Adam jumped out and in one fluid motion, he helped Percy disembark, picked her up and swung her around in the air. She and her name swirled around her in the center of a very exclusive universe. After gently placing her feet on the shore, he tied the boat to a log and fetched their supplies. She fluttered their blanket onto the soft dirt, placed the bag of food and a big bottle of water at its edge, and lounged back on her elbows. She smiled as he descended next to her. So beautiful. What do you want to do today? This works. What, sit here all day while I stuff my face with food? Sure, that. Maybe some more wandering, some exploring. 
It was just like a scene from one of the rom-com movies she'd never admit she loved. Persephone, what if all I have my sights set on is you? I guess you're going to have a monotonous day. Monotonous? Are you kidding? There's so much to see in your face alone. I could never get bored of you. He stared at her until she laughed and shook her head. What is it? I guess maybe I'm in shock. Good shock, I mean. Even though the situation doesn't make any possible sense, it feels utterly normal. Or better than normal. Because, Adam, when I'm with you, when I'm with you here, I feel like myself nothing else. I have no doubts, no fears. I feel happy and brave. And uh, every time you touch me, it's like a vestige of anything bad. Sadness, frustration, confusion. It breaks free and catches the wind and disappears. Hmm, Percy, I like that. I think I know what you mean. I'd gotten used to being a certain version of me. And as I got to know you, all the things that weren't authentic deep down me faded away until all the old parts were brand new again. <laughs> In my case, I guess, that's also not a metaphor. Percy smiled and looked across the pond. Everything's perfect. She looked up at the sky and back into his eyes. It's more perfect than I could ever have imagined. Um, I have something for you. Yeah? What? It's in my pocket. You want me to get it? Percy nodded and Adam poked her pocket with his finger. At the sound of a quiet crinkle, his eyebrows tightened and then rose high. Is it candy? Could be there flavored. Percy clasped the pendant he'd given her and slid it back and forth on its chain. Adam dipped his forefinger and thumb into her pocket and slowly extracted the strip of prophylactics Kirby had given to her. Whoa. Better than candy. Are you sure? I'm nothing but sure. He leaned over her and threaded his fingers through the hair above her neck. The wind made music for them. It played the trees like violins and hollow reeds like flutes. kept time by sending water to lap against the wall of grasses. Birds chimed in and soon crickets sang. But Percy didn't hear any of it. How could she from so high up in the clouds? Monday, September 21st. After her last class on Monday, Percy ran to the parking lot and zoomed directly to Fort Knox. She honked three times, sprinted through the grass, scrambled up the ladder, and spent the entire afternoon and evening on or near Adam's cot. Before she left, she reluctantly acquiesced to Adam's insistence that she spend Tuesday evening with her dad. Love Makes Old New was written and produced by someone called Dora Henry. 
For more information and sound credits, visit lovemakesoldnew.wordpress.com. And if you like what you hear, please leave an iTunes rating. Thanks for listening. <laughs>